message today is a heart for the house. And, uh, you know, and I want to share some things with you last week as I shared a moment ago, a few minutes ago, uh, is that we had Vision Sunday last week and I was sharing some things that we had, were a part of last year, but also uh, coming into this year. And so I told you I was going to be sharing more with you uh, about one part of it. And so today I am going to be sharing with you uh, a little bit more in detail um, as to some things that we're looking at into our future. But I also, uh, and, and so I'm just going to tell you up front, I'm talking about uh, really our building and where we're at with it and some things. But let me just tell you up front, this is not a business meeting. Do not check out when I start talking about these things because I'm not talking about it for us necessarily because there's an important element for you as an individual. And so I'm going to go through some details. I'm going to walk through some stuff here pretty quick at the beginning. But then I want to, because, I, because I've had a, I don't know how to say this, but um, maybe a burden a little bit in my heart. Um, and it's just, and, and I know why it is. It's just the way the Lord puts things in me a lot of times is, is that I have a concern if, if you want to say it that way, is that we may not really be believing God for the blessings in our life that he wants to bring into our life. In other words, God actually wants you more blessed than you think he does, but the problem is you're not applying your faith to that to actually see that happen. Because things with God are not just automatic. Let me give you an example. Did you get saved automatically? No, you had to what? Make a decision. You had to act. The Bible says that what we, number one, believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that he's who the Bible says he is, that he did what the Bible says he did. And then what? We had to confess with our mouth. They're like, well, I got saved in my heart. Well, the Bible says you got to speak. You got to say something. You have to declare it out loud. That's why we lead people in the prayer of salvation. Why? Because it's part of the, the way that the Bible says that we need to do it. We have to believe. And so things in the kingdom are not automatic, but they are completely accessible to every one of us. Salvation is available to what? All, right? But yet some people have chosen to respond to that offer and some have not. And similarly, I believe that God wants us blessed. Now that doesn't mean that you need five homes and a yacht in the Caribbean, although if you want a yacht in the Caribbean... Hey, whatever. That's when you and the Lord, you know. I would prefer a, a, a house on a mountain that I can ski into. Like, you, you go have your, your boat in the Caribbean. I'm gonna, I'll go to the mountain and, you know, celebrate up there. I'm closer to the Lord in the mountains. So, you know, it just, that's, I've preached about that. And, uh, but, but I do want to share some things with you today because, and this is why, and I know I share about, I mean, I've already, look, we're not taking up any offerings today. We've already done that, Okay. But I do want to share with you because I think it's important and part of my responsibility is to let you know where we're at with some things. But also, you know, the Bible says that part of my responsibility as a pastor is to watch over what? The condition of your soul, but to also speak truth, right? And in a lot of things, if I don't say it, people ain't going to tell you. And and so, you know, and, and, and so this is not... Me trying to get something from you. It's really not. Look, you guys are an amazingly generous church. You are. But I want to share some things with you from my heart today about this season. Because I, there was no, I mean, I actually considered trying to squeeze this into last week. And I thought there's no way I can do it justice. 
because I could have given because I could give you the details, but I would you would have missed the heart. And, and so I want to share some things with you about this. And so you know, so I'm going to share with you about having a heart for the house of God. And of course, this is just a building. We make it a church when we show up. It's just you know nothing more than than sticks, wood, some brick, some mortar, some electric wire, some plumbing. Praise the Lord that it works. I mean, you know, I mean, but really it's a building and buildings aren't everything, but they are important. If you disagree with me, just get displaced for a little while. I know some of you, many of you have experienced hurricanes and you probably lost your house for a little while or you had to do some massive renovations to your house and and there's something interesting about being displaced. Homes aren't everything, yet we all like them. We all prefer to have one. We all prefer to have a place to go. And I mean, tr- how many of you would rather sleep in your bedroom than your car? <laughs> Why? Because there's something about having a house. You know, and, it's, and so it is important. And so, you know, I mean, th- and maybe this is a little more uh, felt to me because me and Dara just, and our family just recently moved into a house a little less than two months ago. And so for about a little over a year, we were kind of here and there, but it never was our place. You know what I'm talking about? We weren't homeless by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't our house. And so there's this kind of interesting thing that happens in those moments where you feel a little out of sorts. You're just unsettled. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? You're kind of in that in-between. I don't want to live in-between. I hate in-between. I'm just like, let's just suck it up, make it happen, and let's just move on. And uh, so the Lord sometimes has to teach me things like patience which he was teaching me for a year, well over a year. Because I just want to... And the thing is, is that the Lord, because I had lots of questions. I'll just be honest with you about it. I mean, we had a house in Arkansas that we couldn't sell. made no sense. I tried to sell it two years before. I had two offers in two days. I had that, I sold it three weeks short of one year. Still makes no sense. I got the asking price, by the way, which makes it even more like, God, what in the world? Made no sense to me. But there's a whole blessing that that God did through that. So I understand about being in an in-between moment and even having prayers where it's like, God, what are you, what's what's up? Why ain't this working? And and so similarly, though, our church has been in that process because we bought a house. We renovated it for over several months. We moved into it. Praise the Lord. It's 95% done close enough. I'm like, let's just get in it already. And, uh, but over the last couple of years, three years or so, uh, our church has been adding on and renovating and doing things. And so today, some of you may not even be aware of that, that we actually have been in that process. And so we actually were finishing it up right as I got here, October of 2018. And, uh, you know, and so we would kind of help finish up some things with that. And over the last year, we've been doing all kinds of things. And so I want to share with you some of the things about this, but one of the things about having a home, or let me say it this way, especially when you're in the middle of a remodel, you just feel unsettled. You just do, especially if you live in it. I've done that before. Don't recommend it, but sometimes you got to, right? It's like, man, I just want to go to my kitchen sink. And, uh, you know, but if you ain't got a kitchen sink, you can't go to it. And uh, so we were in that for a season of time for the church. And uh, you guys know it better than I do because you were here for it. I was only here 
I walked into the, the pretty part. I was like, it's done. It's beautiful. It's awesome. And uh, so praise the Lord. And, uh, but, um, but we were walking through that. And so we've been in that process of renovating and expanding and creating more space so that what? We could do life more effectively together, that we could minister to more people uh, easier. And so I'll just give you a couple things. Most of you know this, but some of you may not. So we added just under 8,000 square feet of total space. Our lobby out there is about 5,000. We have some new massive bathrooms, praise the Lord. And uh, if you don't know, our old bathrooms are the size of a sardine can. And, uh, you know, so uh, I've never had to wait in line in a men's bathroom until I came to church here. And, uh, you know, so I was like, what in the world? And I got in there and I was like, oh, I see. And uh, so praise the Lord, we have some nice new very spacious bathrooms. And so we have the lobby. We have the discover room. We've got the place where we grab coffee and fellowship. And we've got the nursery and the cry room. By the way, uh, every person that comes here who's a visitor that I know, every time they go into our cry room, they're like, holy cow. So if you have a baby and you're like, I don't want to be disruptive, we've got a really nice room for you to go with your kids. You can still watch service, all those things. And uh, so you know, but this is all part of the things that were part of that uh, addition, the drive-through in the back. It's beautiful on a really rainy southwest Louisiana Sunday, be able to get out of the car or, you know, whatever. I mean, like right now, we're able to build our float and didn't have to worry about what? The rain. <laughs> we were able to build it and do things without having to take a lot of that into consideration. And so, um, and it is very much a blessing uh, you know, it, it's a huge blessing for us. I mean, even in the time that we've been here, it's shifted the culture of our church. From when I first got here to today, it's very different. You say, well, how do you know that? Because people hang out. People actually talk. Like, there's not like, excuse me, can I slip by you? I got to go get my kids over here. You know, there's space that we can all move around, and it's really nice. And we're very thankful for it. And so, it, it accomplishes a lot of goals. I won't get into it all, but, uh, you know, we constantly get complimented on our building, by the way. Anybody who comes in here like, man, this is really nice. And it is. You know, and one of the, the, the great things about having a nice facility is to have a, someone, a really nice person who takes care of it. Now, many of you don't know this, but Miss Margie takes care of our facilities. Now, yeah. She's a, a precious lady who serves this house unbelievably. And it's not, you know, she has people who help her at times. But, man, it could never be clean enough for Miss Margie. I can just tell you that. And, uh, you know, there's always, it could always be better. And I appreciate that. But, man, she does such an amazing job. And everything is nice and clean and taken care of. And so we love you. We appreciate you so much for all that you do. And, uh, yeah, we can celebrate and honor her. You know, but on top of all these additions, because we have a lot of new stuff, but we also have a pretty, uh, we had a lot of dated things, I'll just say it that way, that we had to update. We had some vintage stuff, you know what I'm saying? I mean, some vintage stuff that was no longer cool. You know, some vintage stuff is now cool again, well, this stuff wasn't coming back, like it's not going to get cool again. And uh, so we had a lot of upgrades on some things, and so, like I'll give you an example, we paved the back parking lot, and apparently there used to be some pretty large, some, let's just call them speed bumps. Some, uh, some speed deterrents, anybody know what I'm talking about, that are no longer there. And so I know a lot of people are happy about that. And, uh, you know, so we did that. We, we've upgraded a lot of our technical things, so the things that you guys never see unless you watch online. Uh, we've made some significant 
upgrades and investments into our live stream and into our sound and into different areas of the technical things, things that you don't even think about, things you probably don't even care about, but yet it helps us do what we do more effectively. And, uh, and that's a big deal to me. Uh, I want to, I mean, at one time we took the live stream offline because it was not great. Not because of the people running it, but because the equipment that we had given them to try to run was not sufficient. And, uh, and so we made those updates and we've upgraded those things. And so that was part of this. And, and you know, we've painted the majority of the facility inside out. I mean, we've done all kinds of things. And that list goes on and on and on. I'm not going to go through all the details. I just want to kind of give you a picture of what all we've done. So I shared this last week. But so all in, we've spent and invested, because it is an investment, is that we've invested just under $1.1 million into our property. And uh, that's a big number. If anybody wants to write a check, Life, L-I-F-E, United. I can't write that check, though. But we've spent one, just under $1.1 million. So you can see it up there. That's the actual number. So that's what we've spent today. That, that's what it's cost us to do all of this. Which, by the way, I mean, I, I know a lot about construction. That's a great price for what we've done. Uh, it really is. And, and that's important. Why? Because we are stewards of the money. And money doesn't belong to us. We're, we're managing it for the Lord. But that's what we've spent. And so that is a lot of money. Now, here's the good news. That's the bad news. The good news is we owe just over half. We owe 585000 of that, which means we've already paid 500000 of that. So, I mean, that's amazing. And so that's the good news. I mean, half a million dollars has already been paid, which is awesome. It's amazing. I mean, we, we moved in it, uh, let me think, November, December of 2018. We've, been, we've had all of our spaces for just over a year. You know, and the thing is, is that that's just where we've been at. And so, uh, to being able to pay it off. And so, you know, so we have that 585, and trust me, there are lots of improvements that have happened. And there are a lot of people who have volunteered their time to help that number stay there. There have been a lot of people who have served and worked for free. <laughs> they volunteered to help us. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many people have crawled through the ceiling to run cable, so we're not paying people to do that. And you may not think it's a big deal, but at 100 bucks an hour, it adds up quick. And there's lots of things like that that have happened. So we've been very efficient on the money that we've spent. And so, but there are a long list. And so I just want you to know kind of where we're at, but we're already almost halfway there. And so, and part of it too, um, but I also know that in my heart, it's one of the things for this year, and I'm not just saying just this calendar year, but if the Lord wants to do it this year, praise the Lord. I will celebrate and I might dance across the stage. But, uh, but, uh, there are, but it is something in my heart that I feel like that we as a church need to tackle. This isn't something that we can push off. I've been talking with the board about this for over, really since I got here, since over, about a year ago, and we've been praying and talking about the time frame of when we needed to uh, really put it before you and let you know where we're at. And so we all felt like the beginning of this year was the right time for it. Um, and, and you say, well, why? I don't have that answer. I just know that I feel in my heart that now is the right time. I don't have a, here's the reason, A, B, C. But I will give you a couple reasons why I believe it's important um, that we get our building paid for. Uh, and some of the, now these aren't in order of importance, but they're just the way I wrote them down. So there's three things and three reasons why I think it's important. And uh, now I'm a numbers guy, I'll just tell you. My wife is not. 
And so she tells me all the time, like, you lost me like five minutes ago. I have no idea what you're even talking about anymore. So I will try to communicate this in the best way that I know how. And uh, if you get confused, come talk to me later, and I'll try to, again, do it again. But here's one reason why I, why I believe that we need to get our building paid for. And this is just, again, I'm an efficiency guy. So if there's a way to do something better, cheaper, without sacrificing quality, I want to do that. But so here it is. I hate paying interest. I hate, hate, hate paying interest on anything. Now, I'm not saying I don't have debt in my personal life. I got a mortgage just like you do. And every year I get that little statement. It tells me how much interest. And every year, I don't know why, I get mad. Just like, son of a gun, they got me again. And every month, you know, I'm like, just don't send me that thing. Well, actually send it to me because I'm going to write it off my taxes. But, but I hate paying interest. I hate, 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 hate paying interest. Why? And really, especially when it comes to the church. Because those are resources that we could be using for the kingdom, not for the bank. And, and so that's why, that's one of the reasons. And, and so that's money that we could be using for what? Kingdom purposes. Now, thankfully, the rest of our building is all paid for. We just, you know, we had no debt before that, but we took on some debt to build the additions. And, I, and, and it's important, you know, and so as I said, I'm, I'm an efficiency guy, but I'm also big on stewardship. I pay attention to numbers and details and let's figure out how we can, uh, you know, streamline some things and what are we doubling up on and what do, what do we have that are unnecessary? And, and so that, it's just the way I'm wired. I, it's just the way that I am. And, and so... Stewardship matters to me, but more importantly, stewardship matters to God. It really does. And I believe why? Because it's a faithfulness thing. And the Bible says if we're faithful with what we have, God can bring blessing into our life. And so I believe that in in my life personally. I believe that in the life of this church, but I also believe it for you as an individual as well. It's for you to see God's blessing in your life. You're going to have to steward what you already possess. What, What you already have in your hands. Because the, the, the greatest predictor of future is your current behavior. And, and so we need to what? Steward our money. And so if we can save money without sacrificing some quality, let's do it. I'm going to give you an example of this. And this is just one thing. Because we have decreased our budget substantially over the last year. Significantly. Part of the, part of the way that we've been able to keep our cost at that number of 585 is because we've been covering a lot of it just out of our budget. Because we cut cost. So here's one example, just one small example. You know, we just switched to the church center app. The reason we did it was a financial decision. It saves us somewhere between $2,500 and $3,000 a year for an app. We were paying for an app that most people didn't like anyways. And then Trey came to me and said, hey, planning center has an app that we can use for free. I was like, I like free. (laughs) Second question is, does it work? (laughs) Let's make sure it works. But we saved $3,000 out of our budget just by one little decision. And we've probably made dozens of those decisions to be able to decrease just our, our monthly expenses. Now, we haven't sacrificed quality. As a matter of fact, we've upgraded everything. As a matter of fact, everything, every upgrade, upgrade that we've done since December of last year, we've paid for. We just paid for it out of our monthly income. So out of the giving that you've already been giving, we've been stewarding it. So whether you knew it or not, you were already paying off the building. 
just out of your normal giving. And so we're, we've been diligent to do that. Now, it's not just me. There's a whole team of us. I mean, Trey's helped with that. Donna's helped with that. Kyle's helped with that. Everybody's looking like, hey, where, where can we save money? Now, we're not just being cheap, but I don't want to be wasteful either. And so we've been very diligent about that. And so here's the second thing. So number one, I hate paying interest. I just don't like paying interest. It bugs me. But this is really, and so that was a natural thing. This is more of a spiritual one, but it can hinder us from taking steps of growth. It really can. Opportunities that we have or could have, we would have to say no to because we wouldn't have the financial ability to do it. And those areas are things that can help even move the church forward. So that's another area, another reason why. The third one is this, is that debt limits our ability to be as generous as we could be. I believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. Like I'll just tell you, I don't, I don't know the number yet, but we will sow a seed towards paying off our building from the church out of the money we already have, not the money. Why? Because I believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. Now, I don't know what that'll look like. I can communicate that to you later. Once I know and once we have done something, I'll let you know what we've done. But, you know, because I believe in transparency. That's why I put numbers on the screen. Because I don't expect you to trust me just because I stand right here. I expect you to trust me because I tell you the truth. And I don't hide things. And and so, but we do want to be generous. It's one of our values around here. And I don't just, those aren't nice things that we say. No, they're, they're principles that we live by that we run the church by, is that they really say, okay, we're going to make this decision as an example. Like, hey, we're going to put a float in the parade. Who in the world would do that? Well, one of our values, right, is, is uh, simplicity. Yes, that's one of them. But one of them is movement. Part of that says what? We're going to go meet people where they are to help them take steps towards Christ. Right? So that became a real easy decision to decide, are we going to do this or not? Well, what does our values say? Our values say that we're going to be generous. We're going to make an investment into our community, and we're going to go meet people where they are because they're not coming to the church. So we made that decision based off of our values. Well, the the building and all this is no different. So if you don't know, here's our core values. I'm going to give you four of them, and then I'm going to share three with you as well. So the first one is simplicity. We believe that life is complicated. Serving God shouldn't be. The Bible is not complicated. People complicate it. We complicate it, but God is very simple. He didn't make it complicated. Why? Because he knew if he did, we wouldn't do it. So serving God is really simple if we just do what he says. We believe in movement. We, help, we connect with people where they are to help them make steps towards Christ. We believe in the power of relationships, that we are better together. We believe in unity. It's a core value. We won't do something that will divide us. We create unity all the time, and we protect unity. All the time. Why? Because the devil would love to get in and to split, divide. That's what he does. That's why we really are focused on our vision. Why? Because we want us all pulling in the same direction. Well, these values help guide how the vision plays out. We take the vision, we take the values and say, hey, does does this opportunity line up with our vision and values? If the answer is yes, we do it. If the answer is no, we don't. It's not complicated. And so another one of our values is this, is that it's um, faithfulness. Faithfulness. And the way that we say this is that we refuse to be spiritual consumers, 
Therefore, everything that is entrusted to us is increased and we make it better. We make it better. I mean, we've, we've already established that everybody likes to have a house. Everybody likes to have a place to go home to. What's better than having a place to go home to is to have a house that's paid for. <laughs> I ain't there yet, but I'm working. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because in my personal life, debt limits my ability to be generous. And I would rather write that check to a ministry. I'd rather write that check to somebody who can help somebody than write that check to the bank every month. I mean, I'm giving it to somebody, so I'd rather get to choose who I give it to. Right? So we make it better. It's faithfulness. It's what's in our hands, and we're entrusted to what? To increase it. Another one of our values is generosity, is that we are over-the-top givers with every resource that God places in our hands, and we love to give and serve with uncommon generosity. Uncommon generosity. is I mean, we, we love to do this. We don't have to do this. We live to give. I don't give just to, to survive. No, I live to give. Why? Because it's who I'm called to be. The last of the seven values is this, is that we value expansion. Is that we, and this is why we did the building. Because we're thankful for all of you that are here, but we don't want to just keep everybody comfortable. We want to create space for people to come, right? We're thankful for those who are here, but we always want more, and we refuse to waste a day by not preparing for the increase of tomorrow. So these are our values. These are the things that drive us. These are the things. And, and so, you know, so yes, there are the reasons that I listed earlier. Yeah, yeah, I hate paying interest. Yes, I hate that it could limit us from doing certain things, sure. And we've worked very diligently to really kind of tighten our financial belt as the church. And we've been doing that. It's been a process of time, but man, we've, we've been working and working and working. Things that we're paying monthly for, we're like, hey, if we pay it all at once, can we get a discount? Yes, let's pay for that year then. I mean, like our kids' curriculum, we were paying it monthly. We changed where we paid it once a year or whatever, and it started saving us like a couple hundred bucks a month doing that on average. So little things. I mean, so, you know, and look, I would encourage you, if you're struggling financially, these same principles work in your personal life too. As a matter of fact, we got a group for that. And uh, so get plugged into a group today. And a little plug there. I don't say that from a place of judgment. I I was in debt up to my eyeballs. And I don't mean that like just as a joke. Like I literally, I called one of them people like, hey, we can help you with debt. And I called them and they looked at everything and they're like, we have no idea how you have that much debt and you're paying that little on it. And they literally told me, we cannot help you. I was very hopeless because I thought, man, I have gotten myself into a spot. And thankfully, the Lord brought some resources into my life. He helped me. Three and a half years later, I was out of debt. From hopeless to being out of debt. So I want you to understand, when I say this, I know what it's like to feel like, man, I got no way out of this. But yet there were principles that I walked out, that I lived out, that I watched God work in my life. And God will do it for you. But you have to do it his way. So that's part of why I'm sharing these things with you. Because they're principles that we live by. And so we've been doing some things and, you know, to, to lower our, our expenses. And so we've done these types of things. And so, but I also know that 
if you will partner with us, we can do it faster. And I do have a, a sense of, of, I don't really want to use this word, but I don't have another word to use. So I have a sense of urgency about it. It's not desperate, but I just feel like we need to, to get this taken care of. And I don't have the reason why. It's just, that's what I know. So that's, that's what I'm telling you. And, and so I want to share some things with you in the next few moments, a couple of scriptures. And so I'm going to roll through this because I believe this is important. And so uh, here in First Chronicles chapter 29, this was actually uh, David, King David, was preparing to build the, the temple of God. They had been a portable nation. They had been roaming around, and they would set up a tent. It was the, the church, if you will. They'd set up a tent. And so, but the time came where it was time to build a temple. It was time to build a facility. And so the, I'll give you the backstory. story. Basically, the Lord told David, you're not the guy to build it. Your son Solomon is. And so, but I love David's heart. David said, if I can't build it, I can fund it. And, and so here, and so that's kind of the, where we're picking up the story. In First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 1 and 2, it says, King David turned to the entire assembly, to the nation of Israel, and he says, my son Solomon, whom the Lord has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and is inexperienced. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Dad. Dad <laughs> appreciate that. And he, but he goes on, he says, but the work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. And he, and he goes on, he says, using every resource at my command. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for the building of the temple of God. So this is what I would tell you, is that David said, we've already tightened our financial belt. We've already, we've already made the decisions. We've made the necessary cuts. We've done things to be able to what? Make provision. And it goes on in verse three, and I love this. I'm gonna read this out of the New King James. But he says, moreover. So we've already made provision, but moreover, because I have set my affection, I've set my heart on the house of God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house says, my own special treasure of gold and of silver. So David says here, he says, look, we've made provision for what we have, but even beyond that, as far as from the, the, the church corporate side, of you, he says, I'm giving. By the way, I did the math. My, my calculator could not compute just the gold that David gave personally. There's a lot of, and it was tons. You can go read the, you can go read the, the whole uh, chapter, and you can see, because not only did David give, his men gave. Then the nation began to give. It's an unbelievable amount of money, but if you go and read how they built the, the temple, you'll understand why, because gold was on everything. It was all precious gems and stones and gold and silver. I mean, it was this very opulent place. Why? Because it was the house of God. In verse 5 of, of, of this chapter, David asked the question, and he says, and now, how about you? I've given, my men have given. Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? How many of you are ready and willing to join us in the giving? In verse 9 of the same chapter, it says that the people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had freely, or given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. So we see here this principle at work is that, look, we will steward everything. I, I tell you this often because it, it is my commitment, is that we will steward everything that you give into this church. 
very well. It's my goal to never waste anything. Not to say it never happens, but that's not, my goal is to be very efficient with everything that we do. But the Bible here talks about offerings, and we talk about the tithe all the time. Every week I talk to you about tithing. Tithing is a spiritual principle. The Bible actually says that the tithe belongs to the Lord. It don't belong to you. You can argue with me about it. I'm going to turn you to scriptures. The Bible's very clear. Like, well, what's the tithe? 10%. Like, well, I don't like that. Take it up with God. I don't know what to tell you. But the Bible talks about tithes and offerings. I could actually make a case pretty strongly that you actually don't start giving until after the tithe. Because the tithe belongs to the Lord. So actually, when we tithe, we're actually returning to the Lord. Now, let me just tell you, I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't personally do. So I tithe, and then we give offerings over and above of our tithe. And I've been doing this for a long time. It's not just because I'm the pastor of the church. No, I did it when I was a volunteer in the church. Why? Because I've set my, my heart has been set on the house. I, I, I made that determination a long time ago. I was here to build God's house, not mine. And the same is true for every one of us, and that's the decision that we have to make. Every one of us do. But if I want the blessings of God, guess what? I'm going to have to have my heart on what matters to God, too. I mean, one of the ways that we show God that we love him is that we love what he loves. It is his bride. It is the church. It is people. It's not all about that. It's not the only thing. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, because it matters in how we give as well. The Passion Translation says this, and I love it. It says, let giving flow from your heart. Remember, heart for the house, but let your giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Don't just do it. It's like, well, pastor said we got to do this. I guess we got to do it. No, 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 you're, you're missing it. Your heart has to be in your giving. He says, let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. The message translation says that God loves it when a giver delights in his giving. So what I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm really not just asking you, and this is really where I, I want you to focus in on today, is I'm not asking you to just leverage your resources for a kingdom purpose. What I am, so there's a part of me, yes, that is part of what I'm asking. But part of what I'm asking you is to begin to believe with me in faith. If you came into the staff room, there are things that we are believing God for written on the wall. Written, well, it's on a, it's not written on the wall, it's written on a whiteboard. It says building paid for. We've been praying for it. Why? Because it matters. Every week, we have staff meetings on Tuesday. Every week, we pray over it. As, as our staff and our key volunteers who come. So I'm not just saying, hey, we've got $585,000 to pay. That's not what I'm telling you. But what I am telling you is that if we will do our part, I believe God will do something supernatural. I don't have all the time to go into all the details of it, 
I've seen God do some amazing things, crazy things. And I've seen it happen multiple times where it's like the the church buys in and because the church bought in, God begins to move. I mean, it, it just does some crazy stuff. So even beyond just our giving individually, we can become what? United in faith, believing God for this building to to be paid for. I would encourage you, begin to pray with us about it. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I think you're going to do something crazy. You know what what limits God? Our ability to believe him. It's the only thing that limits God. The moment you say it's impossible, it is. That becomes the ceiling. That becomes the lid of what God can do. But there are blessings that come with sowing. Absolutely, 100%. It's throughout Scripture. There's no way around it. I, I've shared this thought with you many times, but, and, and it is true because you may be sitting here and say, man, I, I would love to give. I just don't have it. Begin to ask God for seed to sow. Because this is what I know. If God can get it through you, God will get it to you. If you have a heart to sow, God can get it to you. And you may not have anything to sow today. No problem. That doesn't bother God at all. What he's looking for is willing vessels who will say yes. God, if you will bring me resources, I will sow it. And you can begin to ask the Lord about it. See, this is what I know, is that for the church to be blessed, the people have to be blessed. David and his men in the nation could never give anything that they didn't have but they gave what they had. They gave within their ability and God worked and God moved. And so, now let me just settle this because I, 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 and I, it's very important. Again, I shared this, this with you at the beginning. I have a concern as your pastor that there may be some who kind of question if God wants you to be blessed or not. A thousand percent, yes, he does. Why? Because you can't be a blessing if you're not blessed. Psalms actually says this in Psalms 35, verse 27. It says, let them, being the nation of Israel, continually, say continually, let the Lord be magnified who delights and takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Who delights when we prosper. It doesn't bother God for us to have blessings. It bothers him when the blessings have us. There's a big difference. You say, well, how do I know if it has me? If the Lord asked you for it, could you give it? Now, the Lord won't ask you to give something that you can't actually give. Now, your mind may tell you, you can't give that. But why? Because the Lord has something else in mind. But you've got to be willing to trust him. Now, again, this is not some kind of scheme. This is not like, oh, well, I'm just working God for, for a blessing. That's not what this is about. This is about the heart for God's house. And saying, God, I, I see this. We see uh, an example of this in Matthew 25. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but there's what we call the parable of the talents. And a talent was simply a weight. It was a, it was a measurement of weight. So you could take gold, you could take silver, what, but it weighed a certain amount. A talent was a, a, it'd be like saying, hey, you know, I don't know what the exact numbers are. Somebody probably does, but hey, a pound of gold weighs, you know, whatever. It's a pound, right? But if you took all these things, but what's the value of that? I mean, like we would convert that into dollars. 
right? Because that's the way, that's our currency. But their currency was all weighed by the weight of it. Why? Because you have different, because let me say it this way, you have different quality of gold, right? You got 10 carat, 14 carat, 24 carat. Well, guess what? They weigh different. You can get the same mass, but hey, the weight is different. The pure the gold, the smaller that brick becomes, the heavier it becomes. And, and so, but we see that there were three people who were entrusted with a talent. Now, they, the Bible says they were entrusted according to their ability. One five, one two, one got one. The one with the five and the two, they took it. One of them, the, the one with the five says he went and invested it and doubled it. The second one says he got hard at work and doubled it. The third one went and buried it in the ground. So the master comes and asks for it. And so they kind of in order, the one with the five comes in and says, hey, awesome, man, you've been faithful with what you had. You've increased it. I'm gonna give you more. The second one comes in, hey, you took what you had, you increased it. I'm going to give you more. You've been faithful. And the third one comes up and says, hey, I brought it back to you. I, I, I was nervous I was going to lose it, so I, I didn't do anything with it. And the Bible actually tells us that he kind of got rebuked. Well, he didn't kind of get rebuked. He did. He said, the least you could have done was stuck in the bank, got me a little interest. See, what I'm asking for is, is this, and it's not that it's equal giving. But it is equal sacrifice because you may have to cut some corners. You may have to do some things. I'll, I'm going to cut some things in my life to what? To make space to be able to give. And, and so if you take the measure that you have, I believe that increase comes if we will begin to sow. So I, I want to, let me just give you some numbers. Now I know I'm going to lose some of you here, so just hang out with me for a minute. But I did some easy math, so I rounded off some numbers just to give you some context, right? So if we take $500,000, I know we owe more than that, but for the sake of you non-Matthews, I'm trying to help you out a little bit. $500,000, and if I said, hey, let's take that and divide it by 50, because see, most of us don't have the ability to write a $500,000 check. But what if I said, hey, could you sew a $50 check? Most of us could say, maybe, probably. And, and so if you take that 500000 divided by 50, that becomes 10000 So I, for, the, for the sake of communication, I'm going to call it a talent, okay? It's a weight. It's a measurement. Take 500000 divided by 50, comes out to 10,000 talents. So if I take that 10000 and I say, hey, over the next three years, we want to pay off our facility, Take that 10,000 divided by three, you get 3,333. That's a third, right? So then I take that 3,333 and I say, okay, well, if I have 12 months in a year, divide that by 12, I come up to, there you go, 278 talents or $50 gifts a month in three years, we could pay it off if God did nothing. Now, here's what I wanna tell you. I'm believing that God is going to do something and I don't mean insignificant. I'm believing that God is going to do something very significant. But I also understand the principle of sowing and reaping is that we have to begin to sow. We have to activate our faith. And this is what I know. If you'll begin to sow, your faith will become activated. Why? Because where your money is, there your heart is. And you will start praying like, Lord, we got to pay this building off, man. I got to. It's a, it's a principle. You say, well, I can't do 50 bucks. There's, there's no way I can do it, okay? Break it up. But see, here's what I do know, is that some of us could do more than just one talent. Some of us have the ability to do more. 
And so what I'm asking you to do is to simply do it according to your ability. I'm not asking you to do more than what you can do. I am asking you to pray and ask the Lord, what would you have me do? Because if we'll do this together, we're going to see God do something. I mean, look, I've been a part of things where people told me there's no way we can do that. And I watched God do it. And I believe that when we take God at his word, and this is why it matters to me, because it's more than just getting this building paid for. It's a principle that God will work in your life because he won't just do it for the church. If you will begin to sow, guess what? God will begin to bring provision into your life in some spectacular ways if you will trust him. I said earlier, everything in the kingdom is available. It's accessible to everybody. But we have to what? Take some steps of faith. You had to take a step of faith to believe that Jesus paid the price for your sin so that you could be forgiven. None of us ever saw Jesus on the cross. So you are believing that by faith. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit confirms that, yes. But, but we have to what? Take these steps. And if you will take the step where you are right now, just start. We're going to see God do something. And we're going to celebrate it. Why? Because it matters. It matters to God. And again, I don't know why, why I feel that, hey, we need to do this. Now is the time. I don't have the reason. If I did, I would tell you, but I don't have it. The Lord has not talked to me about it at all. But I just know in my heart, man, we, this is something we need to take care of. Now, you all can do the math. If we had 278 $50 gifts every month for the next three years, that comes up to 500400 bucks. So that's how the math works out. Again, I'm a math guy, so I like things to, to work. And again, that's saying if the Lord doesn't do anything. But I know the Lord. If we will hook up our faith together, if, we're gonna start, if we'll start sowing together, start believing God to do something, God's going to do something awesome right here in our midst. And we get to be a part of it. And there are blessings that come with these things. So don't get stuck on the amounts. I mean, you may not be a number person, and don't get stuck on those things. Just begin to ask the Lord. Let him start showing you where your, where your measure is, what you can do. God's not trying to get something from you. I'm not trying to get something from you. That's not my intention at all. But it is the truth of Scripture. We see the pattern with David where, where they sowed and God provided In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, I'm going to read this out of a translation called the Phillips translation. But it says, don't be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely upon what he sows. If he sows for his lower nature, his harvest will decay and, and, or will be decay and death to his own nature. But if he sows to the Spirit, he will reap the, ever, or the harvest of everlasting life by the Spirit. It says, let us not grow weary or get tired of doing good, for unless we throw in our hand, the ultimate harvest is assured. He says, so let us then do good to, to all men as opportunity offers, especially to those who belong to the uh, Christian household. See, we should never be motivated, and I say this all the time because I think it's important. We should never give for ourselves. That should never be our motivation. 
I'm going to give to get you off. That, that, is, that does not line up with Scripture. Is that we ought to give so what? That blessing can come to other people. And guess what? Because of God's grace, blessings can come into our life. Our motivation should be to help people, to minister to people, to, to, to do things for others, and God will take care of us. See, I believe that, yes, we'll pay off the building. Yes, it, it, it will happen. But I also believe that if you'll get involved with it, there's going to be blessings in your life. God's going to do some things. Now, look, there's lots of things that I could do. And quite honestly, I didn't feel like I should do any. I could have made up a little card and said, hey, I need y'all to pledge to this and that. And I, need... I, just, I didn't feel like that's what I needed to do. I, I felt like what I needed to do was to communicate to you where we're at with it. What we've done, what we've done up to this point. And so this is how you can be involved. There's a place on the envelope and there's a place on the app. It's real simple on the website as well. And it just says building fund. Building fund. You give to the building and everything that you give is going to go to pay off this debt. And I believe God's going to do some things. I mean, I don't know how many of you remember, but a little over a year ago, we had a $110,000 check come in the mail one day because energy had been double billing us for a decade. When, when Donna brought me the, she, she walked to my office with the check, and she was like, she just sat down, didn't say anything, just hands it to me. And I was like, is this for real? <laughs> like, my, but when we started the building program, we actually sold $15,000, even before we ever broke ground, I believe. We sowed a seed, and something that was wrong, we didn't even know. There was a problem with the meter. They weren't just robbing us, but the meter was spinning at double, it was calibrated wrong, and it was spinning at double the speed. So we've been paying double for 10 years, and all of a sudden, here came this $110,000. Praise the Lord. We didn't know there was a problem. And so God has a way of doing things. There may be things in your own life. You start sowing, and all of a sudden, things are going to begin to happen. You're going to be like, man, I didn't even know that that would happen. I didn't, things you've been believing God for. Now, I'm not promising you th- those things will happen, but what I am saying is the, the principle is the principle. There is seed time and there is harvest time. And harvest time is fun. I love harvest season. Harvest is a lot of fun. But you've got to put some seed in the ground. So I want to encourage you, look, the Bible's very clear. Is that you don't give because you feel pressure. That is not my intention at all this morning. The Bible says don't give out of reluctance, don't give out of pressure, don't give out of anything. Give because you want to give. So I'm just asking you to partner with us. Let's get this thing paid off. Let's see what God's going to do because God's got some amazing things ahead for us. Amen.